from toe tapping to majestic all in one service. Isn't that great? Thank y'all so much, and thank you for your talents that you offer to this church. Well, today we return to the book of Proverbs, and since today's the 13th, we're in the 13th Proverbs. Pretty easy as that goes, and I hope you've been following along um, as we read together as a church. Um, but if you haven't, it's not too late to catch up. It's not a hard book to read. It's not super, super theologically depth where you just have to concentrate. It's just a collection of words that are hoping to inspire uh, Proverbs is a little bit different than some of the other books of the Bible as it comes from the wisdom tradition of the ancient Hebrews. Um, what that means is that unlike uh, some of the earlier books and the latter books, um, it's not so much divine promises uh, to you on if you do this, these will happen. But it's from a human observation perspective that is divinely inspired writers collected and it, it is, comes from uh, the pen of Solomon in many cases and a few editors and so long but it is designed to teach to teach leaders in ancient Hebrew and to teach us today but it is very much rooted in the faith it was rooted in the faith uh, of the ancient Hebrews and the teachings of the Torah of the law and the commandments and it is rooted in our faith today where you can come to the wisdom traditions and that you can learn how to to be a better business person or a husband or a wife and these kind of things and, and you don't really have to have God to be successful if you apply many of these truths but you'll still find that life can be empty for these are rooted in a faith now in Jesus Christ and without him, the wisdom that we can gain, God's wisdom, doesn't have the true volume or the true value today as if it was if you went on a, a just a purely humanistic standpoint. And today we are going to look at uh, chapter 13, and we're going to look at kind of an envelope of, of Proverbs. Because if you've noticed, reading through the first nine chapters, it's more of a storytelling way of teaching wisdom and by the time you hit chapter 10 it just became one collection of proverbs after the another a lot of them that are easy to remember um, but don't necessarily seem to relate directly to one another but in, in actuality they, they kind of build on each other not directly but in part and, and we're going to look at just a packet of proverbs um, starting in verse 12 uh, through verse 19 so if you want to follow along um, as I read them aloud, verse 12 starts like this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself, but he who reveres the commandments will be rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. The one who may turn away from the snare of death. Good sense wins favor, but the way of the treacherous is their ruin. In everything the prudent acts with knowledge, but the fool flaunts his folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful envoy brings healing. Poverty and disgrace come to him who poverty and disgrace comes to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but to turn away from evil is an abomination to the fool. And so we're going to focus on this first verse. 
Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So what does that mean for us today? From a common sense perspective, from the spiritual discipline of common sense, it means that if you have your sights set on something, and we've probably experienced this ourselves, but if you have your sights set on one particular goal, and that you work hard for that one goal, but that one goal never comes to pass, it hurts. It can make our heart sick. But when we find success in life, it goes on to say, this is the tree of life. So success makes us happy. Failure makes us sad. That seems pretty common sense. Well, I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you another story. So uh, I'm from Mississippi. Many of you know that. Some of you know that, but forget it. Uh, we got to spend uh, some time back home. And one of the things my wife regret doing is when we're in Mississippi, she wanted to pick up a Southern Miss t-shirt because we're alumnus of the University of Southern Mississippi. You don't see those very often around here. We're not in the same conference as Tech, and you know, we rarely even see, uh, and honestly, Southern Miss is not known for its football expertise. Now, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, is where the campus is at, if you, you don't know, uh, there was a family uh, known by the Farbs, grew up there, some of them, you know, kind of came in, but they've got some family profit. And one of the, the sons uh, went to school there, and he, he threw a football. He was a quarterback. Some of you may have heard of him. Have anybody heard of Brett Favre, little Mississippi quarterback? I thought, you know, we've got some chuckles. I think you all know who Brett Favre is. Won a bunch of awards. Uh, but he's kind of well-known for Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, didn't receive any presidential awards, but, you know, he was honored for a lot of the things he did. Had a great career, even coaches high school football now. I'd hate to be that referee. Um, but there's another lady who actually had received the presidential award for um, citizenship or something, a very high honor for citizens in our country. She's not as well known. She actually passed away uh, in the late 90s. She lived all her life there. She didn't make a lot of money. Actually, her career was uh, she washed clothes for people. She was a laundress or a washer lady, depending on what you wanted to, to call her. But she'd pick up people's clothes. She'd wash and dry them and press them and have them back, usually for some of the local businessmen and lawyers and things like that in the town. Only re the reason she did that is because her grandmother did that for a living, and she dropped out of school in sixth grade to care for an aunt that was dying. Never went back and finished her high school degree, so her, her career options were very limited. Her name was Osceola McCarty. And the reason she won so many awards and was recognized by, by many celebrities is because she left an endowment to the University of Southern Mississippi um, that would provide scholarships for students. So you may be asking yourself, how did she do that? And she didn't even leave her entire estate to do this. She just left a portion of it. She didn't have great inheritance. She didn't manage some kind of trust from another family member because, as we said, her grandmother washed clothes for a living. She never married, didn't have a husband that was uh, of wealth. Only a sixth grade education. She was taught something, a simple principle, really. It was that 
you save a little bit of money each week and you, you put it back. She also lived frugal her whole life. Considering uh, a, pres a prescription, I always call it that, a subscription to the newspaper as a luxury that she didn't need. She didn't have air conditioners until she was in her 80s when her doctor and some of her friends, knowing how much money she had in the bank, talked her into it, mainly for, for health reasons, but didn't run them as much as she probably should. But she started saving little by little. And over the lifetime of 91 years, she was able to accumulate a great bit of wealth. And because she never had the opportunity for an education, but she uh, admired one as what it could do in life, she put back, and God had laid on her heart to do this. And she left over $150,000 just for this one scholarship. And after other business people heard her, her story and how she did this over her lifetime, they also contributed to it. So it is a self-funding scholarship today. That if you qualify, you can go to the University of Southern Mississippi and be, help pay for your education by a woman who never made more than probably minimum wage her whole life. Little by little, she added to it. But those in the business world know compound interest does a bunch. If you just save your money and you put it in an account that gains year after year, it builds. So these two stories out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, one who went on to great fame as a football player and one who had no opportunities life, both recognized as citizens of that town who contributed to our culture, to our American heritage, one who would provide scholarships and educate those for years to come, another whose fame will eventually pass the longer he's out of his football career. So what does this tell us today? It tells us that life isn't always fair, is it? That some of us will, be, will have opportunity that others will never have. Many of us were born in a life of privilege. We had parents of means that were able to send us to college. We didn't have to worry about an education. And many of us, probably while we were receiving that education, took it for granted. Maybe instead of staying uh, studying for that exam, we, we went to a party or these kind of things. But others, they had to scrap for everything they got. They may not even got the opportunity for a formal education out of high school. Maybe they never even finished their high school degree. But wisdom teaches us it doesn't matter the opportunities we are given in life. If we follow wisdom's track, if we follow the plan that God has set before us, we may be successful in life. And earlier it says, you will receive honor. And we know that some of us will receive honor in this life and some in the life to come. When we graduate over those, walk through those pearly gates and enter into our glory, we will receive the crown of life. Now, in today's scriptures, I wanted it to be balanced um, by a teaching from the New Testament. If you will turn with me to Romans chapter 12, and many of you know this one by heart. Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 tell us, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, and by the testing you may discern what the will of God, 
what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so now we return to the book of Proverbs, our verse 12 that we've been working on. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And let's balance that with what Paul teaches the Romans. To offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what gives this power power to this proverb. This is why we are studying it together, while we are working on the spiritual discipline of common sense. When we follow the temptations of this world, the lust of this world, and we follow it to its conclusion, we may not find anything at the end of the road except for darkness and death and trouble. Paul teaches Paul, rooted in the wisdom tradition, teaches the church that if you follow God, if you seek His will, He will give it to you. He will offer a hope that will not fail you and that you can be renewed daily. Proverbs is about the daily little things. It's not about the big decisions of life. You may think you must make the right decisions every time that big one comes up. Are you to move your family to another state? Are you to quit a job and start another one? Are you to marry this person or not? There are a lot of big decisions in life, but honestly, those don't make a whole lot of difference in your success. It's those little daily decisions, the ones that you make daily and consistently that will carry you along life's journey. For example... I know what it takes to be lean and healthy. I've done it before. I'm one of these who go on these yo-yo diets. I'll be thin and trim for a while, and then I kind of get back into the old habits, and then I kind of get back where I'm at today. But being lean and healthy is pretty simple. Eat healthy foods, exercise. Now, if I decided that I was going to run a marathon tomorrow, I would fail miserably. If I had decided tomorrow I'm going to walk for 10 minutes, and I did it, I could succeed at a 10-minute walk. Pretty sure I could. I paced back up in here for almost 30, but I could do 10 minutes of walking. Well, if the next day I said I did 10 minutes yesterday, we'll do 11. And if I consistently start adding a little bit to my fitness regimen, before long, I'm walking 18 minutes. This is Proverbs. It's the spiritual discipline of the simple everyday choices. But it also points out some big truths about life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. If we have been longing for something in our life and we are not seeing it come to path, we may be what Paul's talking about, chasing after this world. But he says, daily, renew your mind. Consistently, seek to be in God's will for your life. And if you follow God's path, your priorities will align with His. And if God has said something before you, you know it will come to pass. 
And if your hope is based in Jesus Christ and your faith is based in Him and your priorities align with Him, you will succeed and you will find fulfillment in the things of this world. Your hope will be conferred and you will find the tree of life. But it starts with those little decisions every day, the ones that we consistently make. Because those little decisions that we consistently start to make will lead us down the wrong path. Most people never enter a marriage covenant thinking, one day I'm going to cheat on my spouse. There may be some exceptions in this, but I would imagine most people are good and they never enter a marriage company saying that I'm going to cheat on my spouse. But it happens. Why does it happen? Well, if you're in the business world, maybe you just stayed after just a little bit too long to talk to that coworker of the opposite sex. Maybe you knew you shouldn't have touched their arm, his or her, for just for a moment, but you did it anyways. And one thing leads to another, and the next thing you know, you're full of regrets. It was those little decisions that you made, not the big one, because by the time the big decision already came along, the path was already set. But if those little decisions in life point you to God, to His direction for your life, you'd have never gone astray to start with. This is where our study comes in. If we can master those little things in life, if I decide that I'm going to master my eating habits, and at each meal I... I do it, and I master it one by one. I will get to a healthy weight. I will be fit and lean and trim and all that kind of stuff. But I'm an example for you today. Life's not easy. And a lot of times we are full of mistakes. And as we look at the scriptures, we know that as we wake each day, we make a mistake. Because we are in sinners. We are indeed sinners. And that is why Jesus Christ had to come and die on a cross for us. But if we are reminded by the words of Paul in the book of Romans to be transformed by the renewal of our minds and by testing that we may discern what it the will of God is, if we're reminded daily that we need to be renewed, why do we need to be renewed so often? Because we are sinners. We are saved by grace, by God's good mercies. But we are entangled in this world. That is one reason God, through His wisdom, inspired the writers to provide books like Proverbs. It's not the only wisdom in the Bible, but it is a collection of sayings that will teach us how to live our life. In the first nine chapters, you probably noticed it deals with two of the things that are still common today that humans struggled with. It is our relationship with the opposite sex and how we handle money. I was watching a murder mystery TV show the other night. And most murders, they say, come down to two things. The relationship with an opposite sex and money. You can fill in the three-letter word if it makes you feel better. But it is true. At a base level, our desires revolve around greed and pleasure. Proverbs teach us how to navigate those waters. 
And in this proverb, in this envelope of Proverbs, those who despise the word bring destruction on themselves, but those who revere the commandments will be rewarded. That is a promise for this life. The Ten Commandments, honor your mother and father, do not commit adultery, do not kill. Those are the big ticket items. But if you haven't concentrated on the daily, on the renewing of your mind each day, seeking God's will for your life, you won't be ready when the big decision comes because that course will already be set. Wisdom is founded in God's providence and mercy. It is founded in the commandments and the teachings of this book. It says the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. It points us in a direction that we should go. But, it turns, but the one who turns away from it, it is a snare of death. We can get on the wrong trajectory of life. Or maybe we have just not been given the right opportunities that we need to find our hope. But as our stories today, it doesn't matter if you have been given uh, the royal treatment, that you have been born into the royal family that was able to give you resources and provide you and that God has blessed you with talents beyond belief that you can use it to do something great with life. It doesn't matter if none of that has come your way. What matters is if you are faithful in those little decisions every day of your life whether you live on a little bit less than you bring in and you save those pennies and those nickels and those dimes over the course of your life for there will be a payoff that far exceeds what you can do if you said Lord I don't make a lot of money you don't need mine look at the widow's mite she still talked about two thousand years later recognized for her selflessness a lady with no means contributes to the future of many but this wisdom that we see in life that this Osceola McCarty followed about good sense wins favor it reminds me uh, of a story my brother told me he had a favorite professor when he was in school when he was in seminary the professor had a common saying, one so much that when he retired, they made it into a t-shirt. It says, don't be stupid. This was a professor to young seminarians. Don't be stupid. How many times in life that we wish we weren't stupid in that one instance? It's what wisdom teaches us, how not to be stupid. It teaches us not to follow the way of the fool, but to follow the way of the wise. For the way of the fool seems enticing, for it offers desires. But as we read in the, the earlier chapters that her meal is a meager affair of stolen water and bread that doesn't really satisfy. But wisdom's meal, wisdom's meal is a festival, is a banquet that not only satisfies but fulfills us and gives us pride and honor. One that this world will not provide for us. So, I ask you today, as we close our sermon, which path do you take with those little everyday decisions of life? 
Do you choose to follow the way of the wise, the way that God has laid out before you? Do you choose to ask God to renew your mind so that you may seek his will and know what is good and acceptable for your life, so that may, you may offer your life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, for that is our true worship. It is not the gathering around the table, for this gives us energy to do what needs to be done. But it is about how we live our lives and offer it to others. For it doesn't matter if you have the words of wisdom to, to uh, provide someone else. It doesn't matter if you just have the words, if you just have the knowledge, if you just have the answers to the question, if your life does not show that those words are true. You offer this world nothing. If you took the multiple choice test and made a hundred, great. But did you apply it? For knowing the right answer and doing the right thing are two different steps of life. The wise know the right answers, and they do them. The fool knows the right answer, and they despise and reject them. For this is what... God teaches us today. It is rooted in a faith in Jesus Christ. For it is only in a faith in Christ that we are able to offer a hope that does not lead to heart sickness. But it, as 19 says, He will give us desires fulfilled that is sweet to our soul because we will be on the path that He has laid before us. So if you will, please join with me in a word of prayer. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the time that you have given us to come into your house and to worship you through the songs and the teaching of your word. Lord, we ask that your strength and your courage leave this place with us in our hearts so that we may be able to discern your will, your good and your perfect will for each and every one of us so that as we leave these doors today, we won't just know the correct answers, but we will live a life that shows others that we are truly wise and that we will offer this world something that the world itself cannot, and that is hope in you, in a gospel that promises everlasting life. It is in your name we pray. Amen. And now as we enter our time of invitation, if you've decided to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and the day is the day that you want to let everyone know, please come forward. Maybe you have been visiting First Baptist Church for some time, and today is the day that you're going to, to join us to be bound as brother and sisters with this congregation. Please come forward. Maybe you're just struggling with life's demand, and you're just simply in need of prayer. Come forward at this time. Oh. 
Jake, would you mind closing our service with a word of prayer?